This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that proves there's more than one way to make history. I'm Gabe Luzier, and in this episode, we're remembering the day when one of the best-trained commanders of the American Revolution was taken prisoner while still in his pajamas. The day was December 13th, 1776. Continental Army General Charles Lee surrendered to British forces after being caught off guard at a tavern in Basking Ridge, New Jersey. Lee had stayed at Widow White's tavern the previous night, but historians still aren't sure why. The several thousand American soldiers under his command were encamped north in a town now known as Bernardsville, but Lee, their commanding officer, had chosen to spend the night three miles away inside a cozy tavern. Some people think he just wanted to get away from his troops and get a good night's sleep. Others have suggested that Lee had gone to see the house of an acquaintance because he wanted to copy the design for his own house in Virginia, and when it got late, he just stayed the night at the nearest tavern. However, the prevailing theory is that Lee ditched his army in search of, let's say, female companionship. No matter which explanation you go with, Charles Lee doesn't come off as a responsible or reliable commander, which was a shame because, as George Washington noted, Lee was also, quote, the first officer in military knowledge and experience in the whole army. Lee, who was second in command under Washington, had attended military school in England as a child. When he graduated, he took a commission in the British Army and traveled to North America to fight in the Seven Years' War. During that time, Lee married a Mohawk woman and was given the name Boiling Water in recognition of his short temper. Lee settled in the American colonies in 1773, and when the Revolutionary War began, he volunteered his service in the Continental Army. His resume made him a strong candidate for commander-in-chief, but he was ultimately passed over, with the job going to George Washington instead. Lee was insulted and carried a grudge from then on. That brings us to December 1776, an especially dark time for the Continental Army. Its forts along the Hudson River had fallen to the British a few weeks earlier. This forced the Continental Army to retreat from New York in two directions. General George Washington took 3,000 soldiers west across the northern part of New Jersey, hoping to cross the Delaware River into Pennsylvania. Meanwhile, General Charles Lee took his wing of the army to White Plains, just above New York City. His mission was to hold off the advance of the British Army in the event they tried to head north. By early December, Washington and the main body of the U.S. Army had reached the Pennsylvania side of the Delaware River. The British Army, under the command of Sir William Howe, had chosen to follow Washington and was currently making its way across New Jersey to intercept him. 
Washington was determined to make a final stand, knowing that if they couldn't hold the line, the American Revolution would be snuffed out before the end of the year. Washington wrote numerous letters to Lee, urging him to bring his troops from New York and join the rest of the army on the Delaware River. However, Lee was still angry over having to serve under someone with less experience. He dodged Washington's requests with a string of excuses. The delay prompted the following response from Washington, quote, I have so frequently mentioned our situation and the necessity of your aid that it is painful to me to add a word upon the subject. Let me once more request and entreat you to march immediately. Finally, on December 10th, Lee got moving, though he pledged to stop short of crossing the Delaware. He commanded his troops to march to Morristown, New Jersey, and two days later, they pushed southwest to present-day Bernardsville. That evening, on December 12th, General Lee decided to find accommodations more suited to a man of his station. He rode three miles to Basking Ridge and rented a room at a two-story tavern nicknamed Widow White's. Lee was accompanied by just over a dozen troops, while the rest remained back at camp. They spent a lovely evening there in the company of strangers, but the next morning, it turned out to be a far less pleasant experience. A group of British dragoons, or soldiers on horseback, had learned of Lee's location from local residents who remained loyal to the British crown. The dragoons were commanded by 22-year-old officer Bannister Tarleton, by 10 a.m., he and his men had reached the woods surrounding the tavern and were preparing to make their attack. Meanwhile, Lee was still inside, unaware of the danger he was in. His army had already started marching out of Bernardsville, but Lee chose to hang back so he could finish his breakfast and dictate a derogatory letter about George Washington to fellow General Horatio Gates. He was in the midst of these pressing matters when Tarleton and his dragoons stormed out of the woods and took Lee's guards by surprise. They fired through every door and window in the tavern for several minutes. Then, Tarleton delivered an ultimatum to whoever was left standing. He said that if General Lee did not surrender in five minutes, he would set fire to the house and kill everyone inside. Lee watched the scene unfold from his upstairs window, and within a few minutes, he surrendered. A few of the general's aides managed to escape, but Lee was taken prisoner and eventually jailed in New York City. An American officer named James Wilkinson described the embarrassing scene, writing, quote, A general shout ensued, the trumpet sounded the assembly, and the unfortunate Lee mounted on my horse, which stood ready at the door, was hurried off in triumph, bareheaded, in his slippers and blanket coat, his collar open, and his shirt very much soiled from several days' use. The bright side of Lee's capture was that it silenced George Washington's most vocal critic. With Lee out of the picture, Washington was able to win support for his proposed sneak attack, and with the combined might of Lee's soldiers, he managed to pull it off. Twelve days after Lee was taken prisoner, Washington and his army made their historic Christmas crossing of the Delaware River. 
Over the next 10 days, they won a series of crucial battles that ultimately turned the tide of the Revolutionary War, which leads you to wonder how the world might be different if Charles Lee hadn't lied down on the job and gotten himself captured. As for what actually happened, Lee spent the next 16 months in British custody. He made sure his stay wasn't too uncomfortable, though, by turning traitor and advising William Howe on the best strategy for invading Philadelphia. His treason wasn't discovered until 1857, nearly 80 years after his death. Because no one knew what he had done at the time, Lee was eventually reclaimed by the Continental Army as part of a prisoner swap in May of 1778. He briefly returned to his post, but was court-martialed for cowardice by July. He wrote to Congress to try and get the court-martial overturned, but his letter was so poorly received that he was officially dismissed from the army instead. By that point, Lee had contracted a chronic cough, along with other symptoms indicative of tuberculosis. His health continued to decline, and on October 2nd, 1782, he was stricken with fever and died alone, in a tavern, at the age of 50. In his will, Lee requested that he not be buried in a churchyard or within a mile of any religious meeting house. As he explained, quote, Since I have resided in this country, I have kept so much bad company when living that I do not choose to continue it when dead. In the end, Lee's wishes were ignored, and he was buried in an unmarked grave in the Christ Church Cemetery in Philadelphia. He was disgraced and virtually friendless by the time of his death, but George Washington still came to his funeral. It's unclear whether that gesture would have pleased Lee or enraged him, but I imagine Washington would have done it either way. I'm Gabe Lusier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you have a moment and you're so inclined, consider following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. You can also send any comments or suggestions to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.